team. Hello, Mike. How are we doing? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. How are you, Tess? I'm doing well, thanks. I'm cracking on with rehab, so almost there. And we welcome Brett. Do welcome Brett. How are we, Brett? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Um, Yeah, all things considered, really good. Good. Sorry, if you wonder why I'm a little bit distracted, I'm trying to... We had a little chat just before we started, and I'm just trying to find an image. So, uh, Gibbo, do you want to start introducing? I know this is a really village start to today's show, but we need this picture before we can go any further. The thread that Brett sent me yesterday about the beans on the Weetabix. Yeah, that's what I'm finding right now. I'm just finding it. Uh, Definitely... It's a lighthearted start to the show. If you haven't seen it, everyone, go and check out this tweet from Weetabix. I personally think someone should be in jail time uh, <laughs> for producing such an image, but um, it's quite a funny thread. So Weetabix tweeted Heinz and they had a bit of a, a laugh about it and then every other brand under the sun came in and started cracking jokes. It's quite a funny Twitter thread, but if ever an image made me feel a bit uneasy, and I thank Brett for sending me that one yesterday morning, <laughs> beans on the Weetabix. It even made it to the House of Commons, didn't it? It did. Did it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How did you find it, though, Jibbo? Because I, I didn't mind it, you know. It was much better than what I thought it would be. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, did you actually try it? Uh, I thought we were going to try it together. Is that no, not? I didn't bother, you... What, with milk as well? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and some strawberries and blueberries. and. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so it's very healthy. Balanced, balanced. Yep. Lots Good mix of protein in there. Yep. For the record, I did not have beans on Weetabix for breakfast. Um, they, uh, it is in my mind now, though, weirdly. I'll Sounds like a pressure challenge or something. <laughs> They're not allowed, actually, anymore, Tess. Sorry. <laughs> An old. <laughs> yeah, the years gone past, like, when students would do that, and it was... Throw back. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Brett, who are hey. you? And uh, why have we dragged you into this tonight? <laughs> uh, yeah, good question. Um, <laughs> we'll see you in the next 35 minutes. Um, yeah, look, hi, I'm Brett. Uh, I get to live the dream, I guess. I'm a, a full-time hockey coach, um, predominantly working with, with one team, which, um, yeah, I feel very, very fortunate to be doing that. Um, I get the opportunity to talk hockey coaching quite a lot. I do some coach development work, um, both for hockey, but also the FRH, which is great. Get to mix with lots of different people. Um, and I guess background in lots of different coaching environments from first primary school experiences of, of hockey to second schools. I don't do a great deal of hockey to, to other clubs. Um, done some working with, with the Nags, but generally it's a big hockey geek, Mike, I guess is the reason why I'm here. <laughs> You're in good company. So <laughs> Yeah. I can tick it off the bucket list now. <laughs> so hockey badges, it's a set, isn't it? So are we a are we a badger set? Is that what we are? Um, yeah, that's where they live, isn't it? Yeah. So what is a what is a group of hockey badges? Well it might be a set and maybe badgers live in a warren. I might be wrong. Who knows? If anybody I does, thought you know, meant me with a full set. <laughs> oh, what Brett's balls! Like the five musketeers. Yeah, that's what I thought you meant. Right? 
we're yeah. taking off all the boxes. <laughs> Get everyone in. Right. So, uh, like, really excited to have Brett here. Obviously, super, super talented coach. Works, um, yeah, like I said, got a complete dream job in working uh, in great university. Uh, I'm expecting some Durham Loughborough banter tonight. I think that's, if that doesn't happen, I'll be upset. I'd like um, to know his oh, tactics against us for years, yeah. <laughs> um, I have, yeah, I've got a few uh, grenades to throw in, a few shots ready to fire. No, I'm Excellent joking. News. Um, but on that, there's been some great Loughborough-Durham battles, hasn't there? Oh, yeah. Your, your last year test, we played each other five, five times. And I, I think the that. aggregate score, did Loughborough win by one goal? Yeah, it was, I think it was 14-13 or something. Yeah. You definitely know that because that's the case, Brett. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, I'm it, was, it, was, it was brilliant. <laughs> the first game, um, Loughborough came to Durham and I think we won 7-0. And then 7-1. Durham went to Loughborough 7-1. And then Durham came to Loughborough and lost, like, what, 6-0? Five, yeah. Five, yeah, five. six. <laughs> and, then, and then it was a one-all draw. And then it was two another, all draw. Okay, it was a two all draw. And then what was the next one all? One all two one. Who scored one. the winning goal, Tess, in that semi final? Oh, it's got to be Lizzie. Probably you Lizzie, live with her, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely Lizzie. She's she's bested me too many times. Um, and we all know the celebration oh, was, as well. Oh, <laughs> it was that it's after. still her celebration. She, yeah, it's two double hands in the air and then like a little jump. She does a little jump. Yeah. In fact, I've got a picture of that exact moment somewhere on my computer. Um, should be a background, actually. That's a good one. You know, the nicest thing is she celebrates like that even in training because scoring a goal is less. It's so it's so rare. So she's, she, she's playing at the back now, so she does this little jump. Um, so we've got you on here tonight to kind of talk about your. Any your experiences as a coach working in a full-time program, um, how kind of COVID's affected that. Um, <laughs> I'll come on to this comment that's just come through in a minute. I love seeing these come through. These are great. Um, uh, so talk about how, like, how you've been managing COVID running a full-time program, plus obviously your other bits and how that's kind of looked, um, how you've been looking after players. Uh, obviously, we have one of your coaches here as well, so we can get a little bit of insight, like how it's been working together through this as well. Um, so, yeah, but before we go on, uh, Britt Brodie's. Uh, obviously oh, Britt. Um, so, Britt said, is Brett is winning the hockey oh, yeah. award with yeah. his recall scores. Absolutely, 100%. One nil. <laughs> um, so, have you found it? Obviously, everybody's, we've all been in the same boat in terms of, kind of lockdown and stuff uh you guys have you know Gibbo mentioned a little while ago bit, bit of dispensation to be able to get back on a pitch now which is fab um but like how have you found it like delivering a full-time program with all these restrictions and everything else going on <laughs> well the first thing it's difficult right really difficult um and as we were talking Mike just um in the lead up to this there's no blueprint like this has never happened before so we all started this kind of in the dark really just kind of well we're going to give this a go and we'll see how it lands and okay well maybe this worked a bit better and this didn't work and we kind of found our way as we went through um and i, I guess that that's kind of how we've we've started so we were we we're fortunate in a way that um lockdown 1.0 
or the good old days, as I like to call them. <laughs> Not that ever be a phrase that would ever use, but um, we'd just finished our league. So we had our last game against Holcomb and actually it felt like there was a, there was a closure point there. So we went into that lockdown knowing that it, it, we were kind of closing where we were, were and kind of we were just trying to do other bits and pieces. So we, we tried a few things. Um, the big thing for us was trying to stay true to what we're all about, which is individual development, that really close connection, that family feel, um, and, and just trying to push and be the best we can be generally. And the biggest thing at that point was actually staying connected with something that was really important. So we did a lot of little things that just helped us stay connected. Um, and as we've kind of gone through this, as I mentioned, we've, we've tried certain things and some things worked well, and we've kept it, some things haven't, we've dropped off. We try to assess what is going on at any particular time and, and tailor it a little bit to that. Um, but trying to just link a little bit of, not necessarily science behind it, but still trying to deliver what you would normally, but in a remote type mm. lockdown type, very different situation. Mm. Um, and I guess the biggest thing was that it's just so uncertain. You don't know what is happening, you know what the future looks like. So for us trying to provide a little bit of certainty, which kind of manifests itself in kind of structure in this uncertainty helps because you, you at least you know this happening on this day and this happening there and in three weeks time it's going to be this and in four weeks time it's going to be yeah. this because like we're sitting here now or i'm actually standing but we're here now um not knowing when we're going to come out of lockdown uh, Tess, you're sitting there not knowing when your next international game is i guess there's there's question marks other stuff in the future so you're working towards things but you don't have that certainty um so trying to add a bit of certainty was something we were pretty keen on doing so we did like little four-week blocks of things and then five-week blocks so we know okay at that point we've got these things to work up to um another big learning we had was not trying to brush everyone with the same um same brush what's the term Can you help me out here? Everyone. I don't know. yeah do, do the same for everyone basically because actually if what some people want and need is very different to what other people want to need and interestingly we had a few players who um who just went about their business and went and excised and did their physical work and actually loved the freedom of having full reign of doing whatever they wanted and really enjoyed that and when they started having kind of running plans and other bits and pieces it really turned them off running they were doing the same thing but that freedom and that flexibility was completely taken away the choice was taken away and it, it had them a knock effect in the enjoyment of what they were doing so we we, we learned that as we went through um, and we've just come out of an exam period. So the girls finished their exams uh, midweek last week. During that exam period, we gave a really good structure. And if you want to really push your, your fitness and everything that we would normally do, this is a structure that, that would, would work. But 100%, pick and choose the bits that you want to pull out of it. Mix the schedule up. Do whatever you want to do to make it work for you. Have autonomy over, over how you do things. And all we said was, and the other bit that kind of fits in with this is, just little markers and little goals because you don't know where those long-term goals potentially are and those medium-term goals, again, get, get quite murky. So what are the real process short-term goals that we can kind of put in place? So we've, we've said some of the girls, what, well, our five-minute run? So clock is going on a five-minute run, begin the exams, try and make sure you're close to that five-minute run at the end. How you get to that point is up to you. It's not something that we as, as as Loughborough are looking at it's not a performance thing it's maybe it's a metric that you can work towards and actually it's a goal that you might set yourself and some players might go great it's a release from my exams and I'm going to try and do a I don't know going to get 10 more metres or 20 more metres on a, a five minute run others might go as long as I'm within 10% of it that that's good for me but there's some structure there's some certainty there's some little goals 
and there's that autonomy and um, choice within it. And we've definitely found that's been something that's been quite uh, probably impactful and probably helpful and valuable, I would say, to the players. I've rambled loads there, but that, that's, that's kind of very on... similar. No, that, that resonates so well because that's what, uh, in lockdown one, that's what the GB programme set for us. Um, it was autonomy over what you wanted to do because you, when you are in such a structured environment, you can get really mentally drained. And because you because you can't really control a lot that's going on, for you to be able to set your own structure gives you so, like, gives you so much freedom and um, power over what you want to do and it makes you feel good about it. And even this last yeah. week, so it's been uh, for, for those players that played in like the mini tournament we've just had, we, they, we got given a, a five-day sort of rest period, basically saying, we're not going to set you anything until Thursday and you can do what you like. And they didn't actually even give a structure. They gave us, so they've given a structure for the last three days before we returned to training. Um, but that little bit of free time at the beginning, Lizzie, uh, I speak to Lizzie and Izzy have just been going for runs to enjoy them and doing strength work because they want to do it rather than having like this clock, clock in, clock out sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so because. Sorry, Tess, I'm going to to a really interesting point. So actually, given I've had a, a conversation today around the skill of taking ownership over what you do as a, as, a, as a person, as an athlete and all the rest of it. And I use the word skill deliberately. If we're in an environment where we're constantly told what we need to do all the time, we don't develop that skill of, of being autonomous. And actually, this period is, is probably going to make, well, maybe may be the making of some players because they've, they've taken that autonomy over their own development and their learning. And they might come out the other side of this in a really, really good place. Yeah, it's almost like being um, being injured because you you have like things you need to tick off, but there's also stuff that you you can do and you can plan some of your own time if you like. Um, so yeah, it's it's quite interesting the parallels to. Mm. Yeah. The other... Sorry, Mike. Go for it. Go for it. I was going to change tack slightly. I guess it's very easy to to, to stand here and say this is the utopia everyone's in this great shape we can all do this stuff but we know that's not the reality and being in your own four walls is not something most of us would choose to do and it's not inherently enjoyable and all the rest of it um but just something you said there Tessa, around just control the things you can do what are mm-hmm. the things you can do is really positive and another thing that's probably been quite telling for us is having that appreciation that every day might be different so you're 10 out of 10 might be here and you might be so driven to try and achieve that 10 out of 10 every day because you've just got that desire but you might wake up one morning actually 9 out of 10 is all you'll be able to deliver that day and that is your 10 out of 10 but you've got some people that are so disappointed they've not been able to reach that top level that they're normally used to they wake up the next day so annoyed and they're ruminating on it so actually 8 out of 10 is the max they can do the next day and that again annoys them because they haven't got that 10 out of 10 they really want to get to because they've only got to 8 but just understanding and being okay with that being the situation um you, you, you potentially can't change it from where it is at that point but understanding that's where your 10 out of 10 is and and if you get to that point great and there's some proactive things you can do to try and i guess mental health is the thing we're kind of getting to here you can improve the the aspect of these things and being present taking other hobbies um 
Lizzie might be there knitting in the background. That might be a nice little hobby she's uh, <laughs> uh, she's picked up that she just finds just helps her relax or just stay present or whatever it is and not think about the future because you don't know. You're just in the moment. And that might enable you to stay 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, or even 10 out of 10 for more days. But being okay with you're not going to be 10 out of 10 every day, that's probably not how it's going to be for most people. Hmm. So quick question. Um, this is to, to both of you, Gibbo and Brett, like how have you found kind of working together and then trying to deliver stuff? Like how's how's the dynamic been? Because obviously, as Gibbo said before we went on air, like you guys see each other every day. So how's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously you're going to be missing each other, not seeing each other every day. Obviously that's a, that's a given. But And the hugs. No hugs. Yeah, I haven't had to show any love since March, mate. It's been illegal. So... <laughs> You know, don't want to break any laws. Stop me there, Brett. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been interesting. So uh, we live 120 miles apart. We meet in the middle with Loughborough. So Brett's Milton Keynes, I'm Doncaster. So I'm 60 miles north, he's 60 south. And so I've, when we're in on campus together, it's kind of, there's an intent behind it. Like we've arranged to meet. We're doing, uh, well, you could do physical meetings. That was ace. Like we had a team's meeting or me and you were doing something around planning or like looking at a phase or we're coaching together. So when we're together on campus, it's kind of time we've blocked in. So most of our communication before the pandemic was telephone and Zoom and web and FaceTime. We, we had pre-Zoom, we were FaceTimers, weren't we? So yeah, <laughs> pre-Teams rather as well. for Yeah, yeah, we were face FaceTime on the court, like we'd, we have the same hour home. I'm heading north, he's heading south. So we'd, we'd chat after training every time, every night we'd, we'd train. So a lot of our communication would be through WhatsApp message boards, but with various groups we're on for different needs and stuff. It'd be calls. And when we did meet, it would be with an intent behind it, if that makes sense. But yeah, it's been more challenging and mm-hmm. less... Uh, well, I guess we've had less hockey to do, haven't we? So we found other ways to to try and develop the coaching group and Brett's done some really good stuff with the staff and we've been doing stuff with the playing group that's not all based around hockey. So it kind of gets on to, I mentioned before you joined the call, Brett, and before we went on air, that you've been doing the FICA groups with the players with little small like coffee mornings and the groups that kind of look after each other and um, yeah, just look out for each other and like that's a bit more structured to the social time rather than just saying, we're going to have a bit of time off over to you. So what was your thinking behind them as an idea? Yeah, no, it'd be really good to talk about that. Something, again, kind of shooting in the dark, but kind of learning and getting better at things, which I think has been really helpful for some people. So um, fika is a word in Swedish, if I'm not wrong, which means like coffee and a, a timeout. So, and then they really value this kind of taking time every day to meet someone and being present and with that person. So we basically set up, little FICA groups within our squad. So our squad is around 27 players and I, it just worked out nicely splitting them in years because, again, they've just got experiences that are similar. So first years together because they're going into this first period of exams together, master students together, people that are actually non-students who are the, in the squad as well, all together. So they've all got different experiences. Sorry, more similar experience they can share. And I, I left it reasonably open, but I said, I just want you to connect with each other once a week. That's all I really wanted to do. And that was like the the autonomy part of it. So that was the, the dictator part. Like you must you must do something once a week. How you choose to do that is completely over to you. And we we shared some suggestions and other bits and pieces. Um, I know Lizzie's been doing some cook-alongs in their group. 
um, and, and so it's made some bake-alongs. Uh, one group had a handstand challenge. And once headstand. a week, they send a picture. Headstand, sorry. <laughs> and once a week, they send a picture. Iona's winning that, which I'm surprised about because she's the longest. So that's like surely the hardest. I don't know how that kind of works God, out. Hungary's been in trouble there for Iona. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, just getting the feedback from that, that's been really positive for people. And actually, the girls who are a bit older and thinking about that transition out of university into the job world, they've just got into conversations around that, which they probably just wouldn't have day to day. So, like, Tess, when you were at uni, you, you may have had this conversation, but just going, oh, Tess, what are you going to do after uni? What things you think about? It's not a, a normal conversation to maybe have. But because we've just created this environment where that's maybe allowed to happen they're having these conversations yeah. um and yeah we we are oh, i'm firstly quite i've been quite proud that that's been that's been there there's a bit of research out there that suggests that if you know support is there whether that be staff in our case and we've got some sports psychology support and that kind of stuff if you just know it's there you feel more supported and if you know you've got your figure group and you're maybe just going to chat to them you you inherently just feel a bit better about it um We've taken it actually one step further and now we're, we're looking back at hockey and hopefully getting back on the pitch at some point and that kind of stuff and got the players to reflect on where they think their game is now and what they can maybe use this next period of time for to then develop themselves and, and develop themselves as hockey players in the future. And they're going to feed back their reflections to each other. So individual development plans is kind of roughly what we've called them, which is what you'd call them. And we had our first one yesterday and these two guys talked for an hour on just what they've reflected on, where they are, what they want to do. And I was on the call when another member of staff was on the call. And again, just, just really good conversations that they felt quite supported and, and safe to have that conversation. If we did that with 27 and we said everyone's got to meet once a week as 27, it would definitely turn people off and they wouldn't get the benefit that I think we've we've seen. Yeah, that's nice. And then I guess my my question then to... to test a little bit is like how living with those guys do they feel like they've been I mean it's been difficult because coaches here but you know have they like how have they yeah. the process I know it's a little bit like you could be ratting them out here yeah. but, you know. <laughs> no I think what Brett said about um if you know the support's there then you you feel more supported even if you only chat to them for a few minutes or something that I think that's what they've found. Um, I know Lizzie has really valued um, the little cook, cooking things and um, maybe connecting on a more regular basis with people you, she probably wouldn't wouldn't have. Um, that's how I felt when GB did the same and created groups because you don't, even though you see them every day, you don't really get to go on a, a slightly deeper level, which is sort of like, actually how are you doing rather than just hey how are you sort of thing um you know there's a big difference um it makes it makes a stronger team in the end so i think i know that they've been enjoying it but um yeah it's it's really important for teams because it's a team sport isn't it so <laughs> and that's yeah that's one of the big bonuses of, of choosing hockey get to be with other people uh, tess i'm really interested to know if you were at university now so if this happened a couple of years ago for you how would you have found this lockdown period? Because I guess you and context around that is university is a very social period of, yeah. of your life. You interact with people and lots of groups of people constantly. How would you have found this? Yeah, honestly. So if, if it had been my first year, uh, I would, I mean, I don't know how people are doing it um, because even 
being without a pandemic, I felt quite isolated because you are in a in a college or a halls and you don't know anyone and you have to make the the effort to introduce yourself to people and really put yourself out there and it's it's quite exhausting every day trying to do that and then I can't imagine how it how hard it must be if you don't have those um you know nights in the like in the bar or something just getting to know people or uh being able to yeah meet meet up it's it's really hard and especially for the hockey team as well I'm I'm taking my hat off to everybody who's doing it at the moment um away from home to be honest I probably would have I probably would have stayed at home um and then I would have missed my whole first year university experience um if I was thinking about what I would make sure that I would do that would be to try and like you like you indicated sort of like have a bit of structure um if there are first year students like listening then um making like other people will be feeling exactly the same thing and so if you reach out even if you don't know them very well i'm sure you will make an instant friend um Mm. yeah so my question is so I just got a slight, again, going just a slightly different tact. I think I'm in the same boat with Tess. I, I have no idea. I don't I don't think I would have coped very well at all if I'd been first year many years ago. Uh, <laughs> as a student, um, I, yeah, I don't think I would have dealt very well with this at all, knowing how I'm struggling now at 36. <laughs> Me at 18, I don't think it would have been particularly <laughs> bright and colourful at the time. Um how do you think this whole thing is going to change your coaching moving forward? And also, how do you think it's going to change the way that the athletes interact? So I guess there's kind of, there's a question to test there in terms of, I'm sorry, I'm pointing the wrong way that way. There's a question to test in terms of, like, how do you think this is going to change you as an athlete moving forward? With all these new skills in terms of being able to be, you know, working on your own more and everything else. and then to Brett um how is this going to change your coaching like obviously you you and Gabriel touched on earlier like you guys had already been doing a bit of a hybrid approach anyway but not using teams which we all know and love now I really don't like teams um but like how is this going to change so I guess test first like how do you think you're going to feel coming out of this you know what skills have you learned and how is that going to shape the way you're going to the way you're going to be I think the first skill that I learned is that you can um, um, you can make a hockey pitch out of your house. <laughs> <laughs> Free solo. <laughs> um, and that you don't necessarily need all the gym equipment, you know, or everything to to get things done, um, and that you can work on. Um, strength or fitness or hockey skills without having the structure of a GB program or a Durham program or Loughborough or whatever Um, and that it's actually a nice way of showing you that it's actually you who drives your learning that makes sense so um, I relied quite heavily on a lot of video to get me through lockdown like either past matches or just learning 
from others um, on on YouTube. Um, and it's something that I didn't do as much over the last couple of years because I was like, oh, well, they're giving us the video and they're coaching me. And then I realized that now I can actually also be my own coach. Um, so I've been doing, doing that a lot more. So I guess I, I guess the skill that I've sort of learned is you, you take ownership of your own development. Um, but then the second skill that I think lockdown's shown me is that it's okay to ask for support and for connection. And that, I mean, I, I, I'm quite stubborn sometimes that I like, I don't need help. Like I'm fine. It's, you know, full steam ahead sort of thing. But um, if you know you have a support group that, or, or like a handful of people you can rely on, they're not going to be burdened by you saying that you're having a bad day or something, or you, you need to pick me up. And that's what I've, I've learned like the value of connection a lot more because you have to make more of an effort. You can't just randomly rock up and, give someone a hug you know you have to think about how you're getting your mm-hmm. connection um and I always better. Tess it's like you've been on our call this afternoon listening to that <laughs> so, has it yeah wow. Brett and I have the same conversation with uh, Paul Gannon and Danny Crowther two of our staff at Loughborough who work in hockey about particularly the thing you said around like being your own coach and we were saying how challenging it is for hockey players to do that. So, you know, growing up, uh, adults will tell hockey, like young hockey players, don't play with a stick and ball in the house because you might break something. It becomes then a challenge in sport equipment and facility-wise to be your own coach and practice on your own. Um, and I just don't know how good, compared to other like pick-up-and-play sports, how good hockey, like young hockey players get to be at practicing on their own, at independent practice. And that being their own coach thing. So we actually got talking about like skills mats, the video stuff that's gone out there and how that's a massive positive of this period, showing people that it's possible to practice on your own because that probably wasn't happening. And maybe there's been a bit more understanding of, oh, this adds value and we'll let you do it. And parents are a little bit more, <laughs> well, they need to do something. And they're a bit more creative and exploring the ways of how kids practice. And hopefully that stays when they go back to their organised environments as well. Because just doing extra things for falling off their own back and having, you know, an imagination and being creative and thinking of a skill they might use to beat an opponent on a skills mat, that's that's great. And hopefully that does stay to support what they do back in their normal environments. But we would, yeah, yeah. We, we were just talking about that an hour before we came on the show. I also think, like, you don't have to be kids to be able to do it like I mean I'm 22 and I and I still make a chair into a defender you know as in you know I know I might be an exception but <laughs> but um <laughs> as in it should be accessible for anyone and to be honest I've had actually quite a few hilarious videos sent in from like some 40 year old men doing my free solo challenges <laughs> from different <laughs> clubs that's wicked love it that's, have you always been able to practice alone Sorry to just keep asking. Um, I that's yeah. When I was fourteen or fifteen, I used to just go onto the Astro with my headphones and just play. And as to be honest, it was my sort of like release from school. So I I learned it there. And we were always thinking about we were always imagining what you'd be doing in a game, or were you just doing yeah, things for it, them. It kind of sometimes I'll just let the music sort of take take me away um and let, let me get lost in it um but 
no I mean I, yeah my my brain will sort of create a scenario for me to work through if that makes sense in, in the D um and just the repetitive like repetitive skill development just like the it just that's gives me such a, a great feeling so I just I, I've just always done that um this links in so nicely to our conversation Gibbo Tessa should have invited you along well no yeah. it's funny because I, I still need that and I find when I'm in intense training blocks I kind of lose myself a little bit because I need to have that time when it's just me on the pitch and I'm like reminding myself of what I like to do if that makes sense so yeah uh, I, I think that's the key bit so and then like with anything in life it's balance isn't it this isn't always right and that isn't always right it's the blended approach and what you're saying there Tess is that kind of time where you just kind of playing exploring rehearsing is great and it's useful but it probably needs to tie into the game as well but they're both interlink so actually at times in the game when my something might be isn't going the way you want it you may just reinvest a bit of time here and that might affect that and, and, and vice versa um yeah, and that, and that I think that's a skill as well to be able to do that. I think you find some players that they get access to a pitch, they'll just have a knock around, hit against the wall, chat to the mate, pass back and forth, and that's fine. But if you're talking about developing as a player and improving, that's maybe not. That's just knocking a ball around rather than quite a deliberate practice. I guess is the term we used earlier. Like it's quite purposeful in what you're doing. You're thinking about the skill. Your brain's taking to a place where you're taking on the opponent or you're scoring that diving goal um, test that um, you score for GB, except you, you probably mentally rehearse something like that, right? And maybe on the pitch and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I try to um, link, well, have a purpose to the to the drill. Um, and that, it kind of, I don't know, it, it fires up my imagination. And then when I'm in the situation, I've kind of done it before like my like the coach would be like oh no come on you've 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 played we've, we've played for two hours here like just go home or something and they're like tied in the balls away and I'm like I'm not doing this for like extras I'm, I'm doing this for fun <laughs> yeah, this is my release this is yeah. so that I can have a I can have yeah have a knock around but actually you're still going to get some value out of it and it's also like you say a release like it's, yeah so it's I've decided to do it like I sometimes do it before the session now so that I don't. I don't know what. It's, 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 it's also, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like the housemates, like, come on, we need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah. So, Brett, how do you think this is going to change your your coaching and your delivery? This, you know, obviously we've now got this hardcore lockdown type delivery. And then we've got the good old days where we didn't think about this. You know, we were like, oh, well, we're just going to see him on the turf. I'll just catch him then. Do you think, how far do you think this blended approach is going to be? So I'm already thinking like forward, okay, there are some bits which I want to take from delivering stuff in lockdown. And there's a lot of stuff which can stay in lockdown as far as I <laughs> Like if I never have to see or do certain things in there again, it can stay there. But you know, what's the what's your kind of thoughts? Yeah, and again, probably still going through that reflection process, trying to work out what this the hybrid kind of model looks like. I guess for us, we've tried to be quite innovative with with technology. So yeah, doing stuff um, over Zoom, bits and pieces. So um, leaning into the games. Uh, I know we haven't played EG yet, test, but if we were to go play EG, we would have had our team meeting on the Friday the night before, and actually gone through our 
team brief, what we expect of each other, go into breakout rooms, get subunits to have their conversations, talk through PCs. Hopefully there's no snakes uh, telling Tess uh, what's going to happen in and what the corners are and that kind of stuff. Tess, like, give us some money. Fucking God, what's the first corner? I'm joking. Um, uh, uh, but the feedback from the players is they really enjoy that. It takes 20 minutes on a Friday night. We do it when everyone's about free. So 5.30, 6, finish lectures, finish work or whatever. They then go have tea, think about it a little bit if they need to. Um, and we rock up the game all in a, in a pretty good place. Again, just linking back to Izzy and Lizzie, obviously they can't come to Loughborough and, and be with us that often, but we can be connected over Zoom, LinkedIn, you know, Zoom, Teams, all that kind of stuff. I don't know why LinkedIn popped in. Um, Find me on LinkedIn, Brett Holland. <laughs> so I think that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff will stay. And, um, and there'll be other stuff we can do remotely that we thought we can only do in, in person. Some of the online physical stuff people have found that useful as well so instead of coming to Loughborough to do it maybe they do it from home maybe there's a build into pre-season and bits and pieces like that which I think would be interesting but the way we've been innovative with technology as well around um, sending little video clips before training where we couldn't be in a big group talk about it and whatever we'd prime the session with a quick um, so we use Loom is the, the app that we use so you, you have your computer screen and it captures it and it maybe puts your face in the corner and you can talk over and point and whatever that again has had good feedback and we feel we're coming into sessions really well prepared for the sessions and getting into it much, much better individual feedback, putting more video stuff, post sessions, post games. I think that's probably going to be heightened going forward. Um, but just aside from technology and the things that we've, we've had to do for me, probably a lot more reflection. The time on the pitch is now feels so much more precious. How we maximize in every second of every, well, every second is probably extreme, how we maximize everything that we're doing is there a real why and a justification as to why that's in our program? Why is that in a session? Why are we wasting five minutes there? And I think that is something that's probably in the back of my mind now because we might go back on the pitch for two, three weeks. They might be taken away again. So I'd be gutted if I missed a couple of minutes when we could have been doing something that's more valuable or we wasted time. Um, the other thing, and it kind of links back into what we've kind of been talking about for a lot of this around probably being a bit nicer to myself. I think when I'm in full game mode two games a week it's game debrief prep for the next thing prep for a session and it's just kind of constant 24 7 and as much as that's fine I'm passionate about what I do and I really enjoy it and I love the interaction I have with players it's probably not healthy and there's a <laughs> there's a point where I just kind of drop off a cliff probably so this period of time understanding that you have to be nicer to yourself valuing time with friends and family I've been running a bit more, probably been eating a bit healthier, getting a bit more sleep and all those kind of things, which I would like to continue on in the future because I think it has a, a positive effect all round and I hope you make me a better coach and, and coach better um, to, to the staff and the players that I work with. Just, I was just going back through and I'm going to put the link for those that are watching on YouTube and on Facebook. Uh, when you were then talking about like, kind of your pre-match and preparing and everything else. I had a really great chat with a guy called Jason Butcher last year on my podcast. And we talked about, he talked about his like utopia in the fact that he could literally, his utopia of game day is you turn up, you start your warm up. So there's literally like maybe hi, how you doing, whatever, but you then it's five minutes, you walk on the turf, you warm up, you play because then you're maximizing your life. And you're not losing 
time away from loved ones, from, you know, family, kids, friends, you know, meeting an hour and a half before the game or whatever. But he said you, it was, it was almost like you've done all the work beforehand. So actually maybe some, like you say, maybe 15 minute, like, right guys, we're going to 15 minute catch up. We're just going to, we're going to do this, this and this, or, um, you know, we're going to have, we're not going to do, we're not going to take out time for video meet for video analysis sessions at the end of training. You know, we'll finish half an hour early, do a bit of video. Screw that. Actually, we will, we'll train all the way through, particularly some guys which may only get one training session week or two, you know, let's not lose that time. Let's have a, a you know, a zoom catch up, maybe on a, even on the Saturday morning for half an hour before you mm-hmm. get like, you know, we're meeting at two for a three, you know, for a two thirty pushback or a three, three o'clock pushback, something. Let's actually, can we have maybe ten minutes in the morning? Have a quick call in your lines. Then when we arrive, a lot of that's already done. Like I think that's that's the exciting piece. And I think, yeah, like I say, I, I cannot. I'm so excited to be on a turf because it's now been nearly two months. And I think that's probably the longest I've ever not been on a turf um, since I was 13 years old when I first started playing. Like, I can't think of a time I've had that, that long a time off. Um, so, yeah, I'm certainly excited and I'm certainly already thinking about like, OK, we're probably realistically <clears throat> end of March might be the next time I get on a turf. Um, so I'm thinking, OK, well, I've still got time to prep and actually now start to ramp stuff up with my athletes that I'm working with. So they're ready to go. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, can we get to that utopia and what does that look like? I think that's a really exciting thing. And I think, yeah, for those that have not watched it, go and watch that episode with Butch because it really will open your eyes. Very forward-thinking bloke. Um, he, he's got some good ideas. And I think he won every championship this year in New Zealand that he entered. So yeah, he had a pretty good year. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty decent. <laughs> oh, to be in New Zealand is what I took for oh. <laughs> that. would be the dream. Point, <laughs> um, I think uh, before we go any further, I've just got, I sniggered a little bit earlier because uh, Francois, the legend that is, who <laughs> loves the show and is here every week, has a question for you, Brett. And it's it's a very oh, serious no. question. Uh, sure. so Francois has said, if you had to choose between coaching Durham or never coaching again, what would you choose and choose wisely? <laughs> uh, oh, I don't I'm know why I'm taking so long to answer. It's, it's an easy answer, isn't it? Uh, oh, never coach again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm really oh, torn. Okay. It's luck for all the way, isn't it? I'd end on a high. We win the Premier League. CEG in the last game of the season. And never well, coach now again. you're just screaming. Right, you know this is live and we can't edit. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, well. Brett's crazy. So, you would rather never coach again than no, coach Jeff, stop, stop Durham? No, Over, question done. <laughs> that is what he said. That is what Brett said. You've he heard it. That's like that. saying I would rather never play hockey again than play for, I don't know. South Africa or India or someone. Loughborough. Loughborough. No, to be fair, now that you've brought Loughborough into it, I see where Brett's coming. 
<laughs> it's also a very long commute. I can't be driving to Durham every day. Leave, leave the rather <laughs> for the students, Brett. <laughs> they do it much better. Thank you, Francois, for uh, counting me out of a job. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, here we go. <laughs> Francois, correct answer. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Christian, trimming the fat from sessions and game day is a huge piece of learning from lockdowns. Punk training sessions. So, yeah, I think that how much fat can we trim from what we what do we need and what do we want to do and are we just doing something I heard a, like we should really a quote i was on a, a a group um sport thing and this guy from cricket went some sacred cows are going to be shot the people thought this has to be in our program has to be in our training sessions we're actually approved certain things don't need to be there they're just traditional and historical and actually probably don't add the value that we potentially think they they might or they did so yeah, yeah. trimming the fat's a good way of putting it Definitely. Yeah, on that, it's like um, warming up before a, before a training session or something. People just pass the ball around quite aimlessly quite a lot of the time. Whereas I would prefer to do, like, get in partners and do 10 push passes, 10 hits, 10 reverse sticks. Like, have, I mean, that's just, like, I guess maybe that's just me, but then have, like, a, a real quality to it. And then you're done in three minutes and you're, like, sharp. Rather than this, like aimless. Yeah, Gamo does a challenge with the when he come when he makes a session. Which is so we take good. a step further off for your C test. We've had an extra yeah. layer to it. Yeah, oh, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I want Loughborough guests on anymore. Just drink <laughs> a bit of dust on it, but yeah, it's pretty good. So, I'm like competition. Level. so competition. You, you right now really two touches. It. Oh, yeah. Good point. Sorry, Gibbo. Yeah, I guess turning into competition, bit of a time frame, uh, yeah. competition between people yeah. doing it. But yeah, five passes each of each variety. But if you make, take more than two touches, you got to go back to the start and start it's again. Has it or has it? What was that? Give no me. one's finished it, have they? No, Lorna and Liv did. Did they? Literally on the oh, oh it might have been Lorna and Beth. But I'm going to text on Beth in a second. Yeah, um, I think on the last yeah. second on the puzzle. And if you are in a pair then you value the quality of your pass. And that is hockey to a T, isn't it? That's what we do at Loughborough Test. That, what, just take well, that extra. But I agree with you about yeah, that. We're more free-minded at EG. We're more, we're more libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that knock-up time that looks the same at a lot of environments is a bit of a bugbear, but it's easy to sort of revert back to those habits. So, again... Um, it goes. It goes back to the conversation we having before. Like, how do people, the hockey players, grow up knowing how to practice on their own and how to drive their own development? And probably we're a really organised sport through lots of reasons because of facility, equipment, safety, and stuff like that. So the informal play opportunities are harder than you look at, like Michael Jordan just shooting back like fadeaway jump shots on his drive. It's not necessarily always the experiences you hear from hockey players, but mm-hmm. it would be great to open up those opportunities so people had that ability to be more attuned to how they can learn independently. And even if it's 10 minutes stick and ball time, can it be more impactful than just the, the pass and chat that you see? Yeah. Um, just for, uh, Mr. Paul Gannon has, uh, has oh, chimed in. Stolen from Quan. Okay. So Quan's <laughs> yeah. the Gamma rebranded for us. <laughs> so just getting some clarity. 
Uh, thank Long you. Long time listener, first time caller, I believe, Paul Gannon. Oh, oh really? I missed the first time caller. <laughs> um, I haven't got anything else to ask. I'm I'm out of questions. I've I've really enjoyed this tonight. Tess Gibbo, have you got anything else for Brett? Brett, just how do you get your hair to remain in place so well? <laughs> it's taking you 48 minutes, Gibbo, to get yeah. to this point. I'm disappointed, if anything. <laughs> There's no product in that, you know. He's not got a hair and makeup crew at home. I imagine he's got a ring light, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what that is as well, which is pretty bad. Yeah, um, it's another podcast, another podcast, Mike, yeah. which has a part two, I think. What, just about Brett's hair and how <laughs> it is? I've said before and I'll say it again, it's the best hair in all of coaching. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't argue with that. I, I, think you, I think you're right there, Gibbo. Yeah. Not a hair on his head moves. It is. <laughs> just... Just yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> so final thing, and then we will sign off. Uh, Ian, also long-time listener, uh, is it really cold up north as as Gibbo is making it look? <laughs> All tips on. Yeah, it's really cold. Yeah. Uh, for me to go hoodie inside, you're talking, yeah, north of the wall stuff. That's proper. I thought common. it was just because it was a trendy jacket. These hoodies haven't been bettered, have they, from the Adidas range, the T12 range, I believe. Old hoodie, but good luck after him. <laughs> Tess is obviously the hardest out of all of us because she's just an yeah. idiot. I've got my Mediterranean heat on at the moment, so it's all good. Um, Brett, thank you so, so much for joining us. Um, it's been a really good giggle, and I think there's some nice little gems and nuggets in there. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, I think just before uh, everybody signs off, just remember we'll be uh, reposting this back onto YouTube for anybody that's missed it. Uh, it'll also go up live on uh, <laughs> um, podcasts, and yeah, we'll get some clips from the show up as well. Uh, Warwick said all about the 101 stash. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> Tess, you are, yeah, we've not really done a great job this. Um, no. Shall we up our 101 stash game next week? Um, yeah, thank you all very much. Thank you very much, Brett. It's been an absolute blast. Uh, Pleasure. You, Brett, any last comments from you guys before we sign off? This has actually been a very pleasant chat with a Loughborough member of Star. <laughs> you, you live with two episodes. Like You've been shocking, have they? They've been dreadful. Thanks, Tess. I know. And... <laughs> no, for a long time, I really, I really valued our friendship. So. Okay. Great. Oh. Um, right. Chat tomorrow, Brett. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> next week, episode 10. We've made 10 episodes as of next week. How exciting is that? So, yeah. 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 Buzzing for this. Yeah, the um, champagne. Yes. I'm still, still no endorsements or sponsors coming my way, which I think we'd probably need to look at. So, this is what I expected from the podcast game. <laughs> Any shoulders? Head and shoulders, yeah, that'd be good. Is that we need secret? to start product placement. You'll just see it in like the corner or something. I'm trying really hard here. Billy <laughs> Brought to you by Billy Bottles. They could get involved. They could get involved. Yeah, they could. If we anyway, we digress. Thank you all very much, everyone, and we'll see you all very soon. See you later, guys. Bye. Thanks, guys. <laughs>